Welcome to the Love Glow Up. This is the episode that everyone has been waiting for, including myself, because it's cuffing season, honey. And if you're trying to cuff the one, like me, and not just the moment, we're going to talk about it with Love Guru. Yes, I'm calling her that, and you will be too. Stephanie Churma of The Good Love Co. She's been mentoring romantics since 2016, which is about when we first met. And today we are going to get into it. Whether you are single, in a situationship, whether you're with someone and you're wondering, is this the right one? Or if you're married, there is something in this episode for everyone and you're going to want to listen to it all. So let's get into it. All right. That is quite a resume, and I'm so excited to have her here. I was just telling her that I've been telling everybody. So welcome, Steph. And so first off, um, I want to have you tell us about your personal love glow up, because you've had one, because you say it yourself, you went from like a dating mess, and now you are, I mean, a guru. So tell us about (laughs) that journey. Oh my goodness. Amazing. Yeah. So I like to joke that I was a dating disaster because I spent my entire twenties doing everything that I thought we were supposed to do, which was really just an act. So I pretended to like things I wasn't interested in. I allowed things to happen that I wouldn't now my, like the bar was low. The barrier (laughs) for entry was low. And I was so right? And I was so shocked. I was like, what's what's going on? And then I had this come to Jesus moment um, just after my 29th birthday where I was like, this is going to be my life. Like, this is what it's going to be. And I remember completely surrendering. I said a prayer. I did a full on manifestation because that was where I was at. I was like, something outside of me, come on in. Like, Jesus, take the wheel. Mm. And I ended up meeting my fiance about 57 days later and had this realization that, oh, you're attracting crappy people because of how you feel about yourself, because of your unprocessed grief, because of your issue, all of those things. And that a man isn't going to come in and fix it for you. You just attract where you, where you emanate from. So through our relationship, we grew up together and found ourselves And I was like, I have to teach women how to do this. I have to. And that's how good love was born. And you also have like a lot of impressive testimonials. Like you aren't just saying this. You actually have people (laughs) who have like worked with you and gotten married, like found their Mm -hmm. man and all of that. So I just want everyone to know that what she is about to teach us is the real fucking deal. Okay. And yes, everyone, this is an explicit episode. So stay away, (laughs) Steph, because I plan to. Um, Okay, so before we dive in, have you watched Love is Blind 3 yet? I have not. It's very challenging to watch. Like, I truly have a hard time getting through the episodes because I want to just scream at the TV, but it's in the queue. It's coming Um, up. I started watching last night and same vibe. I'm just like, not all I'm cringing. I'm feeling (laughs) bad about them. Mm -hmm. It's making me feel bad about me feeling bad about them. It's just like spiraling feelings. But there's this one couple and they've literally gone on like two dates, known each other like four days, maybe. And they're already professing love, saying you're the love of my life. You're my lobster. La la la. Um, Is that love bombing (laughs) or is that just like stupidity or is that for real? So the thing about these shows that I think bears mentioning is that the environment 
is setting up the people to really forget the reality. It's like I joke about shows like The Bachelor and Love is Blind that the whole premise is find a person, connect, and now let's add a layer of competition to it. Mm. So you really have these people who might truly think that that is how they feel. But when you get out into the real world and you are presented with life and being an adult and you're not on a hill having champagne with a helicopter taking you places where you have nothing to do all day, but hang out and bang and get fucked up. (laughs) It's a real rude awakening. So I think the issue with love bombing is that oftentimes it's used as a control mechanism or a manipulative tactic. This is more people getting into this lust space where their perception of reality is changed. Ah, I see. Um, it's not reality. Right. <laughs> you, just, you can't find love, true love, I don't think, in those situations. And I feel like if you go into it, go into it for the Instagram followers, the TikTok followers. Like, I mean, yes. if you're going to do it, like, go be the villain, like, go off and, like, get famous if that's what you want. But don't go on, like, expecting to fall in love because I feel like that can, like, really fuck you up after, you know? Totally, because we've seen so many reality tv show couples where we're like oh my god this is amazing it can happen this fast and then they break up six months after the show's done because they haven't figured out how to take that feeling and interject it into their their life and so they're like oh wow like who is this person and they realize they're not actually that compatible after all ah so true um, I watch purely for entertainment, but I was saying to my roommate last night when I was feeling a little wobbly in my dating vibe, I had to take a break from all those shows because mm-hmm. it just made me feel bad about dating. I was like, men are shit. Everyone's just like fucked up. Like I'm fucked up. It was just like it was too much. And once I took a step back and got some perspective on my own dating and patterns and all of that, I think now I can watch just with like entertainment in mind. But I yeah. Mean, it's still trash. Totally. It's so normal. <laughs> it's so normal to feel that way. I remember when I was in my dating hell, I would watch those shows out of spite. And I just yeah. remember being like, this is not serving me. I'm just going to shelf this for now. They'll always be there. <laughs> oh, it will always be there. And like Love Island, like shows like that. I truly cannot watch those. But I like that they're there on like Amazon Prime or something. Just, yeah. you know, if I like <laughs> fall ill or something, yes. you know, it's a it's a sick day show. Absolutely. All right. Well, enough about that fucking bullshit. Uh, Let's talk about, you know, what we're getting into today. So everyone listening, this is going to be broken down into four chapters. So single and dating, the situationship. I don't know a lot about that one. Boyfriend and girlfriend. And then the marrieds. So we're going to start with single and dating. Yes. All right. So, so much is said about the energy of dating. Um, I know myself, it took a lot of figuring out what that kind of was. And I mean, maybe I'm still fuzzy about it. So what is that? And how does someone get into that energy? I love this. It's so it's so interesting, because I think like, especially if you're on the in the online space, or have a phone with social media, you are inundated with be the energetic match. It's all about energy. The problem with that is that it's very intangible. And if you've had shit luck or you've had a bad run, it almost feels um, a little passive aggressive. Like just 
just feel into it. Well, what does that look like? Yeah. What the fuck is it? (laughs) Right. Excuse me. So it's really about going, okay, well, if dating is data collection, I'm a, I'm a human being, you're a human being. Let's kick it for an hour and see what that feels like. That's all it is. So it's about saying, if I could create an energy that is correct for me, what would that look like? How do I want to date? Because it's no fun scrolling mindlessly, shopping for men on the apps. Like that's just a dopamine drip that goes nowhere. So it's it's like, okay, do I want this to be fun or do I want to be stressed? If I want it to be fun, what does fun look like? Does that look like being really specific with who I want to call in? Does that look like deleting the apps for a month and going to the grocery store at night, going to new Mm. places in like changing your scene? The energy is really about saying I'm in control. This is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be a beautiful story. And every person I meet is either going to be it or the next one too. So knowing that, can we just make it exciting for me? And what does that actually feel and look like? Cause you're in control. I think it's also about being like less performative in your dating, like less, so, like you're doing it for you, not for like how someone else like feels about you're not changing yourself every day to like meet the criteria of that guy. So you like hope that he picks you. It's sort of just like being out there, like having fun yourself, like going to cool restaurants, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. of bars, getting free meals and drinks and getting to know someone and deciding whether, you know, it's fun for you to still do or not. I think that's really important about making it with us. A hundred percent because the problem when we start contorting ourselves, and this is what typical, like, dating scenarios end up being if you haven't had good luck or traction in three to six months chances are you are hearing someone say I love football and you go me too or sure yes and you agree to things because there's a part of you that wants someone to choose you the the whole pick me energy which I Mm. feel is a little sad because speak on it we all want to be chosen. The The biggest farce is that people don't want to be picked. Like that is the human experience. We are tribal people. We are societal in nature. We are meant to connect in love. That's what we're here for. And I think this whole facade of being hard about that and going, well, I'm a do me. I don't need anybody. You're a pick me. It's like, how about Ooh. we we go there are people walking around feeling very nervous to say, I really want a boyfriend. I really want to be in love. They're nervous to say that because what you, we make it mean that they're desperate. They're not confident. They need a guy. It's so, it's so layered when instead it's like, how much sooner would you be to calling in your person? If you admitted that you wanted one Like, that's the first thing. So many people out there hating on men are bullshit. Fuck that. Okay, well, you're not going to get that. You're just going to get more of the same kind of energy, right? Like, that's what it really is. Totally. I... I love that. And I'm also just going to say right here, I want a boyfriend. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm um, actually, no, nay, I want a husband. <laughs> so, yes. you know, stepping up. Totally. Uh, you know, but um, so that leads me to my next question. What can a woman who is ready and has done the work on herself, 
you know, raising hand, um, <laughs> do to bring in a high value man? Ooh, I love this. I love the whole concept of, of the high value man. I think that one of the biggest issues I see are women who have a hard time being open to the guy, not looking what they think he's going to look like. I think there's a lot of emphasis on, I'm going to write a list. I'm going to get my vision board out. I have space in my house. I have a clean room. He's there. But then we assume, oh, he's got to be 6'2", have a great <laughs> job, have a great car. All of these, these things that really don't say anything because you know who could be that guy? An 18-year-old and a 60-year-old. It doesn't actually say anything. Mm -hmm. So it's about going, okay, if I were to zoom out a year from now, what am I doing with my man on a random Tuesday night? What does our life look like? What are we doing together? And then having that be the standard. Because a lot of women think like, oh, I just, I want all these like characteristics, but they don't think about, do you care if he works overnights? Do you care if he's with the boys five nights a week? Do you care about if he has children? Like really looking at the life you want to build versus just a guy, because anyone could get a date tonight. We could open up your app and we can get you on a date tonight. But who is the person that you want to partner with? And what is that vision that you're creating? And are you doing your part now? Like pretending like if, if the doorbell rang right now and it's your guy, are you, are you ready for it? And if you are, then it's just a matter of a synchronistic meeting because maybe he's got stuff to do. Maybe your person has just a couple more things he needs to work out. And then when the time is right, you will bump into each other and the rest is history. We see that happen all the time. I love that. So it's not about the list. It's not about any of that. It's just... Well, the, 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 I'm sorry, the, I'm just like decomp... <laughs> I'm like taking it all in. You sum it up. <laughs> the... the it's so funny because the list is sort of like step one on helping you kind of go, I prefer this, but not that. However, there are so many people in the world that it's, it's, it's deeper than that. You want to look for who is, who is he? What characteristics does he have? So for example, I always, I joke about this all the time. When I was living in Toronto, I was like, my man. He's going to work on Bay Street. <laughs> He's going to be salt and pepper. We're going to drink gin martinis in our brownstone. And I just howl because actually my partner's nine years younger than me. We both don't drink alcohol. <laughs> we, we live in rural Niagara, but he is integral. He listens. He's grounding. He lets me be me. These are all the things that you actually want to look for versus like, his arbitrary characteristics that don't say anything about the person. Cause we're looking for the person, not just a caricature. Yeah. Like the real deal. What does our life deal. look like on just yeah. like a random Thursday morning? Yeah. afternoon? I yeah. love that. Um, I'm like taking notes. 
I hope that everyone listening is taking notes. Okay, so um, I mean, this kind of leads in that, like what you were just saying kind of leads into the next question, but like, what are some of the common mistakes that you see women making currently in their love glow up dating life? Ooh, okay. So the biggest thing that I'm seeing right now are women sacrificing what they actually want for fear of losing what they have. So for example, if a woman is dating someone and they've been together for, let's say three to six months, the beginning, if you're having issues already in the beginning when it's supposed to be this fun, light feeling, that's a bit of a warning sign. If you have said, I really want to get married and the guy says, I don't know if I do. And then you still keep dating. Um, just things where it's like, well, I'd rather have a boyfriend. At least I have a boyfriend. I will yeah. overlook the things that I want. Like I, I truly know people who are like, well, I don't really want to get married after all. And I'm like, but, <laughs> like, is, but is that true? Yeah, no, they do. They do. I mean, we do. And I, 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 it goes back to the first point about being like, I dare you to get honest. Like, I dare you to say like, this is what I want. I don't care how vulnerable it makes me because the woman who sacrifices in the beginning when it's supposed to be the highlight and we're already making sacrifices, that doesn't go away. That thread then becomes the dynamic. And that's when you see women five years in miserable and passive aggressive and complaining, but, oh, I've put five years in. And I don't want to start over and I don't, I don't want to break up with him. And then someone else reap the reward of all my hard work. Yeah. Right. They, so they you see that a lot all the time, all the time. Um, I know some people who, you know, got out of situations that were really long-term, but that had been bad for a while. But mm -hmm. I think that same thing where it's like the sunk cost fallacy yes. <laughs> where you kind of just like stay. Cause you're like, I've already spent all this time. Like maybe it'll work out. And as soon as both of those people sort of like left that relationship, they found the people that they're like supposed to be with yes. very quickly, you know? And I think that that happens sometimes. Cause it's like, they're just trying to make it work. And then they finally get to be themselves. And it's like, Oh, there's the person that loves that. A hundred percent. You see it too with people that finally get out of situations and they, they've dropped 20 pounds. They're sleeping better at night. They actually realize like, wow, because with women, we are patient until we are not. And oftentimes, yeah. oftentimes, if you look back, you can say, you know what? We started having a rough time three years ago. Then it got a little bit okay. Yeah, they then went on vacation really or something, yeah. you know what I mean? Right? And so our brain is always either going towards pleasure or away from pain. And it's really hard to reconcile that feeling, that inner like, like I don't know. And if you have children on top of it, yeah. whew, it's, it's tough. That's why it's so important in the beginning to be like, this is who I am. This is what I want my life to look like. This is the vision. This is how I want us to feel. Do you want to build that together? Instead of jumping in and being like, but we're in love. And then yeah. realizing four years in, like, maybe we're not compatible. Mm, that. Oof. 
You came here to teach today, Steph. I'm telling <laughs> you that. Okay, so we're going to move on to the situationship because, mm. I mean, I found myself in plenty of these. I think a lot of women have. And it leaves you with a lot of questions. So we're going to ask you some. Yes. So the first one is how can you tell if the situationship is progressing or stagnating? And like, what's the move if it's stagnating? Do you like say something? Do you like say like what's happening? Do you just like walk away? Like what's the vibe? Oh my goodness. The situationships are so painful because you're in between two worlds mm-hmm. and it really makes that anxiety space go a little wacky. So I would avoid situationships. I think people have gotten into Ooh, them because, okay. well, because what's the point? Like, what are mm-hmm. you, what, is it, is it just a time buffer? Like, what are you doing? Cause someone's going to get hurt. This yeah. whole idea that human beings can casually come and go is just not how we're wired. It just really isn't. So for me, I would really say that, you know, some of the first few conversations when you're connecting with someone isn't like, are you looking for something serious? What are you on the app for? Um, None of that. But it's about asking questions that give you an indication of who the person is. So for example, saying something like, do you really like your life right now? Or what about your life is your favorite thing? Something about getting to know what their values are. And I was actually mm-hmm. talking to a client last night and she was like, I don't know how to like chat in the beginning without being like, what are your intentions? And I'm yeah. like, you have to ask about their life. What was the last concert you went to? What, what's the, when's the last time you felt alive? Mm. What are you really into right now? Because the guy that goes, oh, I don't know, like just out with the boys that person is probably still in that phase yeah. versus a man going, Ooh, what? A, I've never been asked that question before. Actually like, you know, blah. And then you get into these intense conversations and you're connecting. That's going to give you an indication that this person is going to give the energy that you are giving. And yeah. when both people contribute, that just ends up being a partnership. Because it's not about just sex and chemistry and hormones and like late night texts. At some point, you're like, well, who are you as as a human being? And that tends to resolve situationships because guys that are not, that don't really give a fuck, they're going to be annoyed by that. They're like, oh, what are you on about? Or like, let's just chill. They will dismiss and deflect your desire to go deeper Mm. and and the actions. If you are with a guy oftentimes if they're into it, you can tell, like, you don't have to worry if they're going to message you, you have plans, you know, when you're going to see them, it should be easy, especially in the beginning. It should be as easy as breathing. Ooh. So what about the guy that does the switch up? I know I didn't send you this question, but what about the guy that does the switch up? So it's all going great. You're like getting the text messages. He's planning Mm -hmm. dates, stepping into his mask. It's like a whole vibe. But then all of a sudden his energy shifts. And then you're like, oh my God, am I in a situationship? I thought I was going somewhere. Like, what's that? What is that? So, and people don't like this answer, but that's just what dating is. Like, it it really (laughs) is that simple. It's like, when we meet people, you never know what's going to happen. And I always tell clients, like, understand that every person you date will not be the one 
until you have a ring on your finger. So knowing that you have to just let it ride. And if you want something that is higher level and someone gives you the opportunity to see that early, that they don't want the same, that is a gift. You go, oh, thank you so mm. much. Think to yourself like, whoo, Lord, amazing. You have shown me this is where you're at. Thank God it was three months in and not three years in. Thank you for our time together. And, and you go and you go with your head held high that you are now closer and ideally, you've learned something along the way. I love it's that. always a good thing. Always. I love that. I love mm -hmm. that reframe. And mm -hmm. it also kind of just like making me think about like my dating life. Every guy is like closer to yeah. the guy. I mean, exactly. not to say that I like I have a list, but I also think that, you know, there's a lot of goals I have. And I feel like I bring a lot to the table. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. like a savage thing to say, mm -hmm. but I think that the type of guy that, you know, I'm calling in also has work to do on himself to, yes. be able to handle me in a sense, yes. not handle me, but match my energy. And so, yeah. but every guy gets closer. So right. And, and, and that's the thing too, because I truly, truly believe that if we pay attention so let's say there's a situation where you've been kicking it for a couple months and it fizzles out. That's the nature of the game. Yeah. And if we can do the, like the inner work on that is to lovingly release that person so that they can find their match. Yeah. We're, we, for everyone. For everyone. That's the love, like that's the love vibration. It's going, okay, we were partnered together for this period of time. Time is pretend anyway. What did I give him? What did he give me? Oh, okay. That's it for our time. Fantastic. Now I'm going to keep going. Another brick on the bridge. I love that. And so essentially the, what are we conversation? Like, should we be having that? How long do we wait to have that? Like, I mean, based on what you just said, it's kind of like it happens or it doesn't, but how long do you wait for a guy to do something like where you, like, I don't even know. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so good because I think like a lot of women have a hard time believing that men are actually very, very romantic and they, they idealize a, a wife and a woman. And oftentimes men know categorically where you are. That's probably more savage, but men know <laughs> If you're a companion, if you are cool for a bit, if, wow, this woman's, this was wifey material, they know. Mm -hmm. So if you're a month or two in and you're unsure, there's a good chance that it's not that leveled out. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend the convo of like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. I think that urge to have that conversation comes from a confused feeling like you're not quite sure. And I think women oftentimes feel that they need to have it verbally said to them. But most men, if you ask like, what are we? They'd be like, I don't like, I thought we were just like, I said, when I said to Jordan, I'm like, are we together? Cause I said that to him. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, he's like, sure. Like, yeah. because you're just there. So, I mean, I feel like if you want to ask that question, check the motive behind it. But if you've been dating someone for three months and you are still unsure, there's a good chance that that situationship 
is convenient to the person Mm. that you're in. And there's no reason to elevate into something else. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So we are going to take a commercial break and then we're going to come back and talk about the boyfriend, girlfriend, like the couples you've committed and the marrieds. So we'll be right back. This episode of the Globe Tips for the Girls podcast is brought to you by NutriSense, the continuous glucose monitor. Wearing a continuous glucose monitor, honestly, was a game changer for me because I was able to see what was happening with my glucose in real time, all the time, continuously. But what was even more game changing was when I got my continuous glucose monitor with NutriSense, I was also assigned a dietitian to help me read and interpret the numbers that were coming up. Because when you get a continuous glucose monitor, it can be hard to interpret what the numbers are saying. But when you get a dietitian paired with your monitor, that is when you can really understand, interpret, and make the right changes guided by a professional. So head over to NutriSense.io to get your continuous glucose monitor and use the code Bianca25 for $25 off your first month. Trust me when I tell you this will change your life. Get one now. All right. And we are back. Okay. So let's talk about being coupled. So once you've met the guy, you guys are together, maybe like eight months, a year, how do you keep that passion and like the polarity when you're already exclusive and like the chase is gone? I always hear like men love to chase, but like, how do you like, what? I don't even know what that means. Oh, for sure. It's, and this one's tricky because I think that it really does depend on what you've got going on. And what I mean by that is oftentimes good couples get into that ruddy space when external factors take over. So mm. job stress. I mean, the past couple of years have been a little wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. Like a, a couple's stress test, if you will, says a lot. And the problem is that if you have kind of been in the churn or in that adult life stress, time kind of gets away from you and you get into this weird space of almost taking your partner for granted. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes not intentionally, but again, it's sort of like that rush has, has calmed. And I think people forget that relationships are cyclical. So if we were in the honeymoon stage forever and ever and ever, nothing would get done. We would just be in our rooms having sex Mm -hmm. all day and the world would stop. Like we can't be high octane all the time, right? We, we need that polarity. So we get a little rush, that chemical concoction. Ooh, this is great. Let's do it. Let's vibe together. And then, oh, like life happens. We kind of calm down. We kind of dip. Ooh, now something in the world is happening that's affecting our sense of security and our health and everything. Stress tests, right? We go mm. up and down. So what I would always recommend is understanding that it doesn't necessarily mean that your relationship is doomed or this is, you know, wrong. It's just, this is life. We're not always going to be at the carnival. We shouldn't. We (laughs) need those lulls to really sink in and go, you know what? My partner is so solid and calm. I had a really stressy day. And even though we're not bouncing off the ceiling anymore, he came in and gave me a 
a hug and kissed my cheek and asked how my day was. And that's worth its weight in gold. And to remember those little moments and we're always feeding into our partner and learning each other and knowing that like, you know, we're going to have another up and then we're going to kind of sink into calm and like that's life. And so it's about looking into your partner and going, wow, I've, I've got something really good here mm-hmm. because it doesn't always mean that um, we're dull or we're not compatible you know, even me, like eight years in, like sometimes I'm like, oh, like let's have fun, let's go do things. And yeah, like, kid, day to yeah. day, and and so it's really about understanding the ups and downs for sure. Well, I also think that you know them leaning in in the downs, and you know you leaning in as well when they're yeah. down, kind of proves like a safety and a security. Totally. Like, even you love me when it's up, and we're like going to Hawaii and like fucking every night. You yeah. also love me when I'm like sad because like my grandma passed away or something like that. Totally. You know? like, that's the safety and, in it. Right. And women require emotional safety in order to feel sexually open in order to feel like they want to have sex with their man. So many people that are kind of in that um, that lull where mm-hmm. maybe it's not as passionate or not as spontaneous, it's usually because there's so much life happening that you almost sort of become passing ships where you, like we, we live in this apartment together, but you're going to your job and I'm going over here and we, we eat maybe in front of Netflix then pass out. Yeah that ha- like it happens. So it's about going, okay, we're in a little bit of a rut. We need to do some more dates. You're not going to be working till 8 PM every night. Let's just resurgence. Mm-hmm. And that comes through that safety and connection. Nice. So it's like, understand that it happens, but also plan more dates, Yeah, you know, plan a triple way, like something close or just even like an overnighty somewhere chic. Yeah. You know? Because you don't, you don't need too much to go oh yeah I like you oh yeah we we do have great sex oh yeah when when the kids and the stress and the external is gone and it's just you and me sharing a plate we're having a ball oh this is our relationship okay I love that so there's the saying don't give him the wife experience until he marries you what's that about (laughs) oh see you know what like I'm, I'm pretty classically traditionalist in terms of, um, really being the, the feminine essence woman. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm not a game player. I'm not someone who's like, well, you you know, they're not going to buy the cow. I think we live in a world where a lot of starts of relationships and a lot of dynamics are very different than Mm -hmm. they were back in the day. Um, but ultimately the, the nugget of the lesson is about observing your actual relationship. So if he has said to you, I don't want to move in, I don't really want to get married or has indicated through his actions, like his priorities are work, the boys, gym, his priorities are not bringing in a female, Mm -hmm. what a lot of women do is they go, okay, well, I'm just going to work harder and be hotter and cooler and better and really show him how great I am. And he will wake up one day and change his mind. And so there's, there's warning in that because you end up living in two realities Mm -hmm. where the one girl is hooked on potential and hope because of the image in her mind of what it could be 
mm-hmm. but negating what's actually happening. Yeah. That's the problem. You got to be honest with yourself. Like, is 100%. this guy giving me like the energy of like, I want to be your husband? Or is he just giving you the energy of like, sweet, I also have a girl, <laughs> you know? Well, because the thing is, is that if you are dating somebody and you do it all for them and you haven't had like, you don't live together, you don't have had the conversations, you're not having these sort of forward thinking dialogues. Why would he raise the stakes? Why would he add responsibility and yeah. add more if there's no real reason to? I've I've seen couples where the man has explicitly said, like, you know, I don't want to live with a woman again. My my ex-wife burned me and I just I like the idea of two separate houses. That does work for some people, mm-hmm. but not most. Yeah. And so what what some women will do is like, well, I'll show you how great living with me will be like. I'll cook and I'll clean and, you know, I'll, you know, work on my sex game and I'll I'll show you how great it is. Yeah. But all they're doing is going, okay, cool. You've already told me the deal. You've been honest. And I'm going to go, la, 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 la. Yeah, totally. Let, let, let me just be this person for you. And the guy's like, well, this is kind of cool. I don't have to wife her and she'll do all these things for me. Sweet. I'll, I'll keep this going. Ooh. So it's like letting the man step into the man role. And if he doesn't, then you have a decision to make 100%. as opposed to it being like, oh, okay, well, I'll just like try and be like what I think he wants when he's already told right. you, like, I'm not about it. Well, totally. And, and and that's where these painful situations come from because these women and like, I, I, I did, I did this. So like, I feel this compassionately they build up this life in their mind that isn't actually what's happening. Mm. And so they get devastated. And the guy comes across as aloof when he's like, but what are you mad about? Like, I told you, I told you the deal. Totally. And you like want to call that guy an asshole. But then when you like sit back and reflect, you're like, but he was, he told me what he wanted. Like I sometimes say that to people who, you know, friends who come to me and are telling me things and I'm like I don't want to be a bitch but it's kind of like he told you what was up yeah so like yeah. you have to understand that sometimes you play yourself that's the hardest totally yep a hundred percent yeah all right well what's one conversation you know a woman partnered with someone who she believes is on the same track as her like what's crucial one crucial conversation they should be having with one another so one conversation that I don't see many couples have because it's unsexy it's not a a glamorous convo but it is about who does what Mm. in the in the household Mm. so it's it's wild because I remember realizing that a lot of my issues in my partnership had nothing to do with us but had to do with like I mentioned the dishes or like, oh, we have to do this. Like it was life things. And so mm. it's about going, how do you want us to live? What do you want our life to look like? And if you want to get to the nitty gritty, like who does what? I've said to Jordan, I was like, I hate doing the dishes. The sound is is a sensory overload. Yeah. So do you want to do the dishes? And like I'll hit the laundry. I love the laundry. It's relaxing. It's fine yeah. for me. And so we've made these agreements that help our day-to-day run smoother so that we're not bickering over bullshit 
and the rest is getting done because most people, their arguments are not necessarily about them themselves. So a huge thing is people go, I love you. Let's be together. Let's move in. And then they move in and they haven't had, do you want kids? How do you want to raise them? Um, What Mm. are your values? What do you believe? Are you old school? Do you, do you expect me to have a home cooked meal on the table for you every day? How often do you want to see your friends? Do you care if my mom swings by unannounced? Like actual things that cause problems, if you can troubleshoot them ahead of time and go in with this game plan of like, it's you and me against the world. Let's partner together and build something. Are you in? And then defining what that looks like. Yeah, you got to deal with the logistics so that those don't get in the way of your partnership because it's true. It's all bullshit. Like who does the dishes? Who does the laundry? Like is the driveway getting like shoveled? Half of that shit you can outsource if you can afford it. You know what I mean? Like it's about just figuring it out. Yeah, and people forget this. And then when you end up having children and do not talk about this, that's when you see women getting into this um, resentment of being the default parent Mm. or, um, you know, the husband works and then you go, well, I worked all day, like you're home, like you do it. And it's, it's messy because you have to have those combos, but no one wants to, they just want to go out for nachos and margaritas and shoot the shit. And it's like, okay, but what are you, what's the point of your partnership? You guys are, are creating something. Yeah. I always say that like, I love weddings. I am the ultimate wedding guest. So like send your invites. I hope I'm coming to your wedding. You are Um, actually. Yes. (laughs) Um, Seriously. And, but like, I desire a partnership. Like that's what I'm looking for. It's like someone to build a life with, to raise Mm -hmm. children with. And I think that is the mentality that sees some women marry the completely wrong guy because they just like want to achieve wedding marriage Mm -hmm. as opposed to like participate in like building a partnership. Oh, 100%. And we get into this weird thing where we go, oh, well, I'm, you know, 35 or pick a number and all of my friends are married and I'm not. So the next one will be the one. And, you know, we, we force it and jam it. And I laugh too, because I got engaged in 2018 and it's 2022 (laughs) and we still haven't had our wedding yet. Like these are just weird milestones that society has made important and time stamped. And if you don't get it by this time, there's something wrong with you. Um, But life can change dramatically. Like I was bawling my eyes out crying. I'm single. I'm going to die alone. And then like two months later, I meet my guy and Three months after that, I'm pregnant with Bo. Yeah. Like life is wild. wild. So it's yeah. true. And I also feel like sometimes people are like, oh my God, it happened too fast, you know, excluding the whole love is blind conversation. But like, oh my God, yeah. it happened too fast. But like, I just feel like sometimes when your spirit meets the spirit it's supposed to be partnered with at that moment, like, you know, when you know, you know, sometimes. Right. And the difference between too fast versus like the love island example we talked about earlier is that in the real world when you see the actions and there's reciprocation and you're actually living in it 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 feels different and I always joke to people that like my story is a little bit crazy like I wouldn't necessarily recommend 
going head first the mm-hmm. way I did only because Jordan and I joke about how we never really had a beginning. We didn't have the two years of going yeah, to Hawaii and totally. going to all those places, but the trade-off was karmically divine. Like there mm-hmm. were reasons for it and it was beautiful, but ultimately that would never have happened had he not been integral, actionable, devoted, loyal. Those things were there first. Totally. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I want that year of traveling before we hunker down for kids just because I just yep, want to be I like it. in love on the Amalfi, you know, something yes. of that nature. Um, shaking my ass naked on a yacht, as someone has Woo! once said, very famously. Love it. Okay. So how do married couples, like you said, it, you know, kids, family, bills, aging parents, like how do you keep the spark if, you know, that is the word alive during those ups and downs of marriage. I mean, it's harder to leave a marriage, but I just feel like there's some people you see who are married and like you, that looks awful. Like, why would I want to do that? So how do you not become that couple? Oh my God. I mean, if that's not the million dollar question, I think that it's really, really hard. And people, people get upset when I say this because it, The reality is having children will significantly change (laughs) and alter your relationship. And more often than not, it can make it harder, more stressful. Like I always tell people, if you do not want to have children, if you know that, don't be Mm -hmm. childless by choice. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing because the problem is when it's just you and your man, The world has limitless possibilities. Every day is great. Hey, let's go out for dinner. Hey, let's go do this. You can be in that spark. Once you have children, your life is not about you anymore. It just isn't. And it's so uh, challenging, especially in the first year, because now you're not sleeping. Now you have a child attached to you. Um, Sex life changes everything is ultimately different and you are put under another stress test. And so what you really need to do, and this comes over time, is to remember why we did this in the first place. Yeah. So when you're knee deep in diapers and, you know, the wiggles and all this kid (laughs) shit, and you've lost that joie de vivre, you have to look at your partner and remember what we were doing this for and yeah. understanding that you can do anything temporarily. So yes, the first few years of having kids, it's not necessarily a walk in the park and it's about going, okay, how do we run this household to our values, to a, a sense of fairness where everyone's needs are being met? And that's the challenge, because if you've never learned how to actually be in a partnership, it's very hard to go, you know, you're going to resent me if you don't go out with your friends once a month. Yeah, it's very hard to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's about, again, going back, saying, how do we want to raise our kids? Do we want to be the house that has music playing and we laugh? Do we want to be that family that goes for walks after dinner? Like reigniting mm-hmm. through the shared vision. Cause that spark doesn't go away unless you are incompatible and you are not a good fit. That's when no matter what you do, it's just not relighting. But going back to what's the point of this? Why did we have kids? 
what are we doing this for? And then using that fuel to then say, okay, let's go build, let's go build this life. Well, I mean, I think people, a lot of people get into marriages um, that aren't right for them because they're trying to keep up, you know, like hundred percent are married or all my girlfriends have kids. And then it's just like, all right, like, guess we're going to that wedding. You know what I mean? Uh, well, because people, people want the party. Yeah. They, they want, the party. they, they want the party. They want their moment, but ultimately um, a, a wedding, like I, I know so many women think like, you know, walking down that aisle is suddenly going to change all of our problems or they'll say, well, we'll figure it out when we're married. And I'm like, oh my God, don't. Now you just have a legal contract with someone and it's going to be really, really messy to, to get out of that. And I, I have to speak pragmatically about these things because people forget, like, this is your life. Yeah. You, you have a child with someone and then you, you have a, a really rough 10 years and you get divorced. They're still in your life. Like yeah, they're still they're there. They're never gone. So why don't you learn the skills before you add on all of that heaviness so that when you go into these places, it's not from a pressured space of keeping up or I'm running out of time or this guy will do um, or I I want the dress. I want to have my party. Mm -hmm. And now you're just 40 grand in debt (laughs) and you haven't talked about the shit that's going to make your life run. Yeah. I mean, I think that just like goes back to our first segment, you know, talking about the work that needs to be done before. Mm -hmm. Like there's some real reckoning that some women have to do. And I certainly had to do it for myself too. I had to look look really honestly at how I was relating, how, what the expectations I had of other people and do I keep and have high expectations for myself, like boundaries, like there's so much stuff that you have to do to be able to have those conversations um, and push yourself in having those conversations. Cause if you don't do it, you're fucked. Well, and people are so afraid that if they have the conversation, they're going to lose the guy. But ultimately, wouldn't you rather have a tough convo and have someone opt out before the stakes get higher? Yeah. And I, I laugh because I am the most hopeless romantic, like Pisces through and through. Pretty <laughs> Woman's my favorite movie. Like I love love. But I am also a practical, practical Mm -hmm. person because, you know, who you choose to marry is probably one of the most important decisions you will ever make. It's almost like a business decision. It's like, who wants to be my partner? And do we agree? Like, okay, like, this is what I want. What do you want? What about this? What about that? Ooh, interesting. Can we do this together? How do you feel about these things? What happens when that happens? Women just don't want to do that because, well, what if he says something that is a deal breaker? And I say, well, good, get that out of the way. Get that out of the way now. If you say to someone, like, if I have children, I want to raise them, let's say Catholic, for example. We're not religious, but this is a huge thing. People are so afraid to say that because what if someone goes, well, I'm not really a church person. Okay, well, how important is that to you? Would that bother you forever? And these are things, and they're just, they're not sexy. So people don't want to have the combo. 
I actually read an article somewhere, maybe like psychology today or something where they said for women who have like, who are ambitious, essentially the person that they choose to partner with is the most important business decision that they'll make. Because if you choose someone that is not willing to come forward and do like 80, 20, when you need some of that support, because you're building your business or you're going back to school or whatever the case is, then you absolutely will not be able to achieve it. Certainly once kids are in the mix. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's like, people think that, oh, well, love is all you need. And it's like, well, in the real world with day-to-day challenges, you need to be resourceful. You need to be resilient. You need to be integral. And if you haven't developed that muscle, you're not going to recognize it in somebody else. And you're also not going to be able to pull that forward. So when, when my partner came to me about having a second child back in 2019, and I was like, please, are you joking? (laughs) Um, I'm drowning. And he was like, well, I'm going to take Pat leave. I'm going to do it. I'll do most of it. You can focus on what you need to focus on. And we went back and forth and it was almost like a presentation, but Mm -hmm. everything was clear. Everything was understood. And so one huge weight was lifted. It, it, you really have to be able to say, even though this conversation is uncomfortable, and even if I don't get the outcome that I'm hoping for, I'm much better off for having it now. Absolutely. Um, okay. So how do you keep your sense of self when you are enmeshed? And like in companionship, I mean, it's impossible not to become a mesh. Isn't that the point? But like, how do you keep your sense? Like, how do I keep Bianca when I get there? Oh, and I love Bianca. I don't think you're, you're, I don't think you're gonna, you're gonna lose her. People who lose themselves in relationships are, are usually with the wrong person. Mm. So if you think about like your best friend, when you're with them, you usually feel really good. When you leave after a night out, you're like beaming on the ride home. Like, I loved our night. Like, it was so yeah, fun. Yeah, totally. It, it brings out the parts of you. And so I think you'll know if you're with someone who's good, if you feel like they not only bring that out in you, but they can be in awe of it. Doesn't mean you have to be the same. Doesn't mean that they have to also be that way but it can be more of an appreciation. That's why people say opposites attract. It's like, Mm. you know, if, if I'm the, the funny, loud, goofy one and my partner is the sweet introvert, who's like smiling and in awe of my goofiness, that's a pretty decent match. We're not competing with each other. I don't have to dim myself down. I don't have expectations for him to be just like me. We can exist that feeling of just existing comfortably feels very good. We want to go more towards that because there's no errors. Mm -hmm. You can just do you. And that is so pure. You can't fake that. So that's the kind of person that will never let you dim or never put you down because that's what they like about you. So they're going to want to keep that going. I also think there's like a wave of divorces happening. I don't know if it's COVID Mm -hmm. or what, but I think it's a lot of people, men, not to single you up, but men are kind of getting blindsided by their wives leaving them. Mm -hmm. And the men are sort of, and like, it's because she wants to, you know, start a new career or, you know, bond more with her friends and like be away from the family more and like just sort of come into her own. It's like, well, 
that's not what we had. Like, what the hell? So how, so what like about that growth and evolution, like how do couples who've been married since maybe they were really young, how do they renegotiate the marriage contract when they've been together like 10 years and one of them wants to make a big change? Yeah. Oh my gosh. The wave of divorces. You're not kidding. Here's the thing that pandemic, my goodness, when you take away distractions, leaving the house, all of the things that keeps you numb and you're face to face with another person, you find out really quick what you haven't noticed. And I think that people often forget that men tend to leave when there's somebody else lined up. Mm -hmm. Women tend to leave when they've hit indifference. indifference. So they've, they've asked for change. They've hinted. They've moved along. They've been patient, waited, waited. And then one day they go, and that's a wrap. Like, I just don't feel it. And that's why men are, they get blindsided. But a woman will say, I've been telling you this for years. I've been asking you this for years. And so I think right now, a lot of people that are, are splitting, I wouldn't necessarily say it's spontaneous or, you know, unfounded. I Mm. think that being again in a stress test with, I mean, think about what we've been through over the past years, compounded day in, day out, fear, stress, fear, stress over and over and over. Most people either got stronger in their marriage or ended it. Mm. Oh my gosh. Ain't that the truth? Well, I mean, let's hope it doesn't get there for the married people who are listening. What is one crucial conversation that, you know, married couples should be having every year or every six months, or just like a conversation that needs to be ongoing in their relationship to keep it on track? Ooh, so I would recommend, you can do this honestly, like once a month, or whenever you feel like you need to, but it's sitting down in a space where you are not bothered. So like no phones, no kids, no nothing. And maybe just a half an hour if it feels uncomfortable at first, but creating an environment that is supportive of the conversation and asking, hey, babe, on a scale of one to 10, how do you think we've communicated in the past week? And ask them to be as honest as possible. Mm -hmm. And so let's say they say, well, you know, it's pretty good. I mean, we had that bicker of over whatever, but you know, I would say a seven. Then you go, okay, what needs to happen to get it to a 10? Yeah. And you go through sex, friendship, um, all of your, all of your things and really having them reflect and go, okay, so how, how would you rate our sex life on a scale of one to 10? Well, we only like, it's only been a few, like we only did it three times last month. We were so busy, but it was bomb. So I'll say a six. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do we need to do to get it to 10 more frequency? Maybe let's try something new. And so now you have a tangible plan. So the next month you can check back again and go, wow, we figured out our, our, our pits. Mm-hmm. We came up with something together and have we, have we acted on that? Have we put the coins in the marriage jar, if yeah, you like, will? How did we do? How did we do? Right. Nice. Okay. So um, 
we're going to go to another break and then we're going to come back with some bonus questions. Ooh, yay. Psych. There's actually no bonus questions in this episode. I figured I would save the last 30 minutes that I had with Steph and she answered some more really amazing questions. So that is going to live as a standalone episode. Look out for it. Sorry, I promised you something I didn't deliver on. Hope you still like me. So with that, Steph, thank you so much for doing this. This is so amazing. Um, Tell everyone where they can find you, how they can work with you. I'm sure people are going to be like, oh my God, I need her in my life. Um, Give us the goods. Do you have anything coming up that people can sign up for? Spill it. Yes. So right now, what are we? We are mid-October. So I am taking on a handful of private clients for 21-day immersion with me. This is if you are single or taken, it doesn't matter because these skills transfer because everyone who is single will end up being in a partnership one day. Mm -hmm. We will always swing. You can find me at Good Love Co. on Instagram, at Good Love Co. on TikTok. The So Good podcast is coming back season two next month on iTunes and Spotify. And just send me a DM. Let's have a chitty chat. Let's get you loved up. Nice. Um, and I also recommend people participating in your Ask Me Anythings on Instagram because yes. you do answer and you give like good answers. Um, all right. Well, that's like everything people need to at least begin their love glow up. Yes. So thank you so much. You're, you're so welcome. That was a blast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Glow Up Tips for the Girls podcast. If you like this podcast, and I really hope you do, please leave me a rating, a review, subscribe, share. I mean, open your window and just scream out, listen to this podcast. And if you have any feedback for me, please join me on Instagram at Bianca.Osborne and you can give it to me there. The good, the bad, the ugly, I welcome it all. From my lips to your ears, shine on. See you next time.